you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those out, if you would. We are going to be not in Philippians today. I want to give a special message for our graduating seniors. Keep in mind, it was in short notice, so cut me a little bit of slack this morning. But go ahead and turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 is where we are going to be looking at today. As you're turning there, and just in way of maybe introducing our time and my message to you today, I want to just say this statement, and it's a simple statement, maybe a cheesy statement, but I want to go ahead and say it. Life is a race, or you could say life is a journey. I like to say life is a race. Again, I know that's kind of cheesy. Uh, I know that's kind of cliche, especially on today's like this, but in all actuality, it's just a true statement. Life is a race. Life is a journey. Life is full of ups and downs, of, of highs and lows, right? Peaks and valleys, left and right. You never know where it's going to take you or where you might go. Take, for example, the date of De- December the 12th. I'm sorry, I can't even pronounce this date. That's, my wife's going to get on to me because she knows what this date is. December the 15th, 2012. That's the date I got married. That's why I'm making that joke. December 15th, no, I got it, December 15th, 2012, again, that date may not mean much to you, but for me, it was a huge date, because that was, number one, the day that I graduated college, and then also on top of that, that was the day that I got married to my beautiful Victoria, who makes fun of my poor memory. But listen, because it was my wedding day, I wasn't able to walk at graduation, and so I will never forget when the wedding started. It started with the same song that you seniors came out on, Pomp and Circumstance. I walked out with the preacher, and he handed me my college degree, and so he kinda act, that kind of acted as my walking out or, or me getting my diploma. And then right after that, Victoria came down the aisle, and then he proceeded to marry us. Talk about a day, right? That was a day. For me, and I like to just coin it the day that I felt like I had become a man, obviously for a number of different reasons. But you know, I'll I'll never forget just thinking, man, all of these just really important life-altering events, they they just seem to sometimes happen so quickly in our lives, but, but that's just how life tends to work, right? Life is a race. You just keep running, and you never know where it might lead. Now, one thing that we need to understand about this race of life, and you in particular, seniors, is that there are moments in this race that require us to grow up, that require us to mature, take on some type of responsibility. For me, obviously, it was the day I graduated college, the day that I became a husband, the day that I got married. But maybe for others of you here today, maybe it was the moment that you became a mom or dad. Maybe for some of you here today, it was the, the day that you bought your house or bought your car. Or maybe it was the first day that you were on the job in your respected field of study. You see, graduating seniors, you are at one of those moments in your lives right now. You are. And, and listen, I want you to know that, that, that we should celebrate this milestone with you. I, I want us to do that, but I also want you to understand that this milestone, it marks a new section of your race that's going to bring new levels of responsibility. For example, for those of you who maybe plan to continue your education at college, please know, please understand 
that there's going to be a new level of responsibility involved in that. You're going to have to study harder than you ever have before. You're probably going to have to take more classes, maybe that you're not used to doing. You're going to have to do all of those things if you are to achieve. For those of you who maybe are are moving out of your parents' house and you're getting your own place, keep in mind that you're no longer going to have mom and dad there to wake you up. You're no longer going to have them there to cook you your food or to clean your dishes or do the laundry. Mom or dad, can I get an amen? (laughs) Those of you who enter the workforce, there are going to be plenty, plenty of early mornings, long days, late nights out on the job. And so again, if I can just bowl all of this down for you graduating seniors, it's this. With every accomplishment you make, comes a new level of responsibility in your life. Okay, let me say that again because I want that to sink in. With every accomplishment you make comes a new level of responsibility in your life. That's how life works. Now, while I think running the race is a great physical description of of our physical lives, I also want you to know that I think it's an accurate description of our spiritual lives. For example, there's no greater accomplishment than becoming a believer through, number one, confessing you're a sinner. Number two, realizing that Jesus is your one and only Savior. Number three, asking Him to come into your life. I mean, what an amazing accomplishment. What a time to celebrate. And for those of you who have made that decision today, I bet that you can remember that moment in time when you invited Jesus in your life. And you should. You should celebrate over that. But listen, while that's certainly worthy of celebrating, if we're being honest with ourselves this morning, we sometimes have a tendency to feel like we no longer have any more spiritual responsibilities in our lives, don't we? Yet here's the problem with that. We just established that's not how life works. And it's certainly not how our spiritual lives are supposed to work either. In other words, if that's true, that that every accomplishment creates a new level of responsibility in our lives, then the same can be said of the Christian life. Because you see, while while God wants us to celebrate salvation and, and becoming a child of God, we must also recognize that God gives us a new responsibility to, to grow, to mature, to believe in those things even more than we have now. And He wants us to take that responsibility seriously in our lives. To to say it another way, our Heavenly Father wants us to realize, and I've said this before, that becoming a Christian is not the finish line. It's the starting line. Like today, yes, we, we celebrate milestones in your life, but listen, through this milestone, God has given us a new task. He's given us a new responsibility. He wants us to put on our running shoes and run the Christian race for the cause Christ. And so with that picture in mind now, let's look at these famous words in Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. The writer of Hebrews says this. He says, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Graduating seniors, 
guests, church family, if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then God has given you a new responsibility. He's given you a responsibility to run the race, and this is the most important race that you could ever run. And as I just said it, this race doesn't end when you've accepted Christ. No, this race begins when you've accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. Now listen, you may be wondering and asking yourself the question of, well, Jeremy, how do I know that, me, per- like, me personally, how, how do I know that I'm supposed to be the one that's going to run this race? I mean, is that not just for the spiritually elite? Is that not just for the pastors, for the missionaries, for the, the Bible teachers that dedicate their life to serve the church and to train up the saints? Well, the answer to that question lies in the first part of verse 1. Look at what it says again. It says, therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses. Now, this is just Bible interpretation 101. I'm sure you've heard this before, but whenever you're reading the Bible and you come across the word, therefore, what question do you ask? What is it there for? What is it there for? And so to answer that, you look at the preceding verses. Well, in this case, the word therefore is the first word in the first verse of this chapter. So what we need to do is we actually need to go back to Hebrews chapter 11 and see what the writer of Hebrews said there. Now, if you've studied the scriptures at all, then you'll know that Hebrews chapter 11 is just one of those chapters in the Bible that's amazing. It's a very famous passage of scripture because in that passage of scripture, the writer of Hebrews talks about faith and in particular He talks about the heroes of the faith. That's what takes up much of the chapter. Now listen, we don't have time to explore all those characters today, but let me just give you a couple examples so that you understand where he's coming from here. It says, or the Bible says that that Noah, he ran his race by listening to God, by building an ark. The Bible says that Abraham, he ran his race by believing that God was going to use him to start a nation. The Bible says that, that Sarah ran her race by trusting that God would provide for her a child, even when it seemed impossible to do so. And Moses ran his race by obeying God's call in his life to, to lead the Israelites out of slavery and into the promised land. Now, let me just remind you that while these people are what we like to call today, and we've given them this title, But we like to call them the heroes of the faith or the the great hall of the faith. But listen, in all actuality, these men, these women that I mentioned, they were ordinary people like you, like me. Okay, for example, they had problems just like you do, just like I do. They struggled with sin just like you do, just like... I do, but despite all that, what do they do? They placed their faith in God, they listened to God, they believed in God, they trusted in God, they ran the race for God, and as a result of that, God did some incredible things through them. Now listen, that's pretty amazing. It it should inspire us. I believe that's the point, but, but let me just ask you one more question this morning as it relates to those characters that I mentioned, and that is this. Can you still find Noah running the race? Today, can you find him today running the race for God? Can you do that? 
well, have you heard any news about Abraham? Have you seen him lately? What is Abraham up to these days? Is he still running his race? How, how about Sarah? You seen her around running the race? Moses? No? See, what I want you to understand today as it relates to this passage that we just read in, in Hebrews 12, verse 1, is that these people, they've come and they've gone. They put on their running shoes. They already ran their race. They already completed their finish line. But listen, just because they finished theirs doesn't mean that you've completed yours, nor does it mean that God's race for the Christian is over altogether. No, He wants us to keep running, to keep running the race for Him. And so these characters in the Bible, this therefore, it's talking about those characters. They are meant to be our witnesses. They are meant to be our encouragement to keep us and cheer us along to run the race for God. They're in heaven cheering us along. Their stories are written in the Bible to inspire us, to encourage us, to embolden us to do these things. And listen to me here. They have passed the baton to you, senior to you, church member to you, guest. And they're saying, hey, keep running this race for the cause and the glory of God. So how do I know that you're supposed to run this race? Well, because you're still breathing. Because you're a child of God. Because the Spirit of God was given to you to run this race. Because your race is not over yet. Because the runners before you, they've given you the baton so that you might continue the advancement of the kingdom of God and make His name known. To make his name known. So since we have such this large crowd of witnesses surrounding us, the writer of Hebrews says, let's take on this responsibility. Let's start being faithful believers. Let's start running this race of faith for God. But secondly now, we must also see and understand here that if we're going to run this race, then we need to be fit to run it. We need to be in good spiritual shape if you will. So the writer of Hebrews, he gives us some tips, some tricks, if you want to say it that way, in the next part of verse 1. So let's look again at what he says. First, he says this, and it's twofold. But first, he says this, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Now, in keeping with this race theme that I have hopefully in your minds, I want to ask you, have you ever seen a runner running a race with weights attached to him. You ever seen that on ESPN? Running the race, maybe it's the Olympics are coming up this summer. Do you ever, you ever seen any of them putting weights right before they get on the finish line and say, I'm going to run with these weights, right? I mean, of course not. Of course not. Get this though, it would be legal. It would be legal. that They could do that. There's nothing in the rule book that would state that they couldn't do a thing like that. Yet we know that they would never choose to do a thing like that because the point of running a race is to be as effective and efficient as you can. And that means there's no place for weights. There's no place for those things because it would keep you from running the race well. So what's my point? Well, my point is that just as a runner is disciplined, just as a runner chooses to not be weighed down by a bunch of weights, the writer of Hebrews is calling us to do the same thing in the spiritual race 
that we are running. In other words, while there are things in our lives that, listen, may not inherently be sin, they can sometimes act as weights. They can sometimes hold us back from running our race the way that God would intend for us to. For example, maybe your weight this morning is not some big obvious sin. Those are weights too. But maybe your weight this morning is maybe something a little bit more sly. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's self-centered, self-centeredness. Maybe it's self-centeredness. That's your, that's your weight. And listen, being focused on yourself, being independent, being self-sufficient, those things maybe not inherently are bad, but left, left unchecked, they can hinder you. They can hinder you from running the race that God wants you to run. Or, or maybe you would say this morning, no, it's not self-centeredness. My, my weight really is distraction. It's distraction. And listen, again, it's not necessarily a sin to get caught up in social media students, to get caught up in friends and family and all the things that are happening in your lives, but I would say that it could lead to a distraction and not allow you to run the race that God would desire you to. Are, are you with me? Do you understand what he's saying? Right? These are the things that we need to keep in balance. These are the things that we need to keep in check because if we're not careful They're going to become weights. They're going to hold us back. And get this, Satan, he may not be able to stop this race. He may not be able to stop you as a runner, but he can and he will if you let him entice you to put on some weights. To not run the race the way that God would want you to or desire you to, to progress in the Christian faith, in the Christian life. Right, so that's the first thing we need to see. But now there's a second one. Another way that the writer of Hebrews tells us that we can run this race, and that is by having endurance to keep running the race even when the race gets difficult. Look with me now at that last section of verse 1. The writer of Hebrews says this, Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. Now I'll be honest with you, church, and I know you can't tell because I'm in great shape, but I am not much of a runner anymore. Okay, you can't tell because, you know, I'll stop. But listen, I did at one point run in my life, okay? I did. I played baseball growing up, and I was a pitcher, and so I ran all the time. When I did run, I learned some things about running. I learned that running was oftentimes more mental than it was physical. And really what separated a good runner from a great runner was a runner who was mentally tough was a runner who could keep running the race even when it was difficult to run. See, in the running world, that's called endurance. Endurance. And so in a similar way, the writer of Hebrews is telling us, listen, if we're going to run this race well, then we need to realize that it's going to be difficult. It's going to be long. The path is narrow, as the Bible says, and it can be tough. So we must have endurance to complete it. And so just as a runner builds up their endurance from pressing on, even when it seems impossible to keep pressing, we too get our spiritual endurance in the same way. For example, just one book over in the book of James, this is what it says about this in chapter 1. It says, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. 
Did you catch that, church? James, the brother of Jesus, tells us here that trials, difficult times, times when we feel like we can't keep running the race anymore, those are the very moments that produce spiritual endurance that we need to keep running. Now listen, you and I both know that life is filled. It's filled with these moments. Is it not? There are moments when there seems to be no more hope. There are moments when it seems like there's just no way out of this situation. There are moments when it seems like everything around you is just impossible and you want to just throw in the towel and quit. But the Bible tells us that if you hold on, if you put your faith in the Lord, then you will receive spiritual endurance that you need to persevere, that you need to keep running the race well. Okay, so number one, we've learned that if we are a believer, then we're in the game. We're running the race. Jesus calls us to run the race for Him. Number two, we've learned some tips and tricks that will help us to continue the race when it gets difficult, when it gets tough. But now lastly, the writer of Hebrews gives us one final insight here. And personally, I think he saved the best for last. Because in verse 2, the writer of Hebrews, he really tells us how. He really boils it down to this verse. How are we to run this race? Well, let's look at our text one last time in verse 2. The writer of Hebrews says this, Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before Him, He endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So according to this passage, how are we to run this race? How are we to do this? How how do we run this race? Well, we run it with our eyes fixed on Jesus. Jesus is saying right here in this Scripture that He is the source of our faith. He is the perfecter of our faith. You see, when a runner begins their race, they have one goal in mind. When, When they line up, and they get ready, and it's on your mark, get set, go. When they start that motion, they are thinking about one thing in their mind. What are they thinking about? Crossing the finish line. Completing it. No runner says, I'm just, you know, if it gets tough, I'm going to stop. No, they're, they're focused on one thing, and that's crossing their finish line. Their, their eyes, it's fixated on that. You could say that they have tunnel vision. That's all they're thinking about. They're not going to let anyone or anything prevent them from focusing on the prize. It's what drives them. It's what motivates them to keep running the race. Yes, even when it gets difficult, even when they get tired, even when they grow weary. And so church family, yes, graduating seniors here today, let's be reminded that Jesus has shown us the way to run the race. It says that He humbled Himself by coming down from heaven to earth, that He lived a perfect life, that He ministered to others. Ultimately, He gave Himself up for others. And get this, He ran the perfect race. And it's all recorded for us in the Scriptures so that we might be inspired by that, so that we might model our lives after Him and after the race that He ran. And so when the race begins and You don't know the way. The point is this. Fix your eyes on Jesus. 
When you, when you get off track, when you get off course, students, and, and you don't know what to do or where to go, fix your eyes on Jesus, and he'll show you the way. When, when, the, when the going gets tough and it gets hard, and, and, but you know that you're supposed to keep running the race, fix your eyes on Jesus. And he's going to give you the strength and the perseverance and the motivation in all the directions that you need to keep running the race and cross the finish line. Seniors, I want you to know that you should celebrate this season of your life. I, I want to celebrate that with you today. Everyone in this room wants to celebrate that with you today. I want you to look back on today and look back on your high school career and cherish the memories that you've made. Cherish all the accomplishments that you've achieved through graduation, but please remember, please remember that with every accomplishment you make comes a new level of responsibility. It does. And so while you're going to have these new levels of responsibilities in your life as you grow up, as you go to college, as you enter into the workforce, as you get married, as you have a family, all these things, never forget, never forget that if you are a follower of Jesus, then you have an even greater responsibility. And that responsibility is to run the race of faith. To run the race for God and to cross the finish line. Well, let that be your ultimate goal, your ultimate achievement in life. Let's pray.